Hey, it's Arlen. Welcome back to your first million. I'm at it again. I'm working on my academy, and that means there's going to be a discount for you for listening uh, and for being a, a loyal listener of your first million. And there's going to be a lot of interesting information that you're going to get in this episode. For the first time, I'm going to play several uh, intro clips, audio version, obviously, of the videos that are on the Academy. So on each course of ArlensAcademy.com, there's a new, there's a different expert. And most of those courses begin with a two to five minute intro video from the instructor to tell you who they are, what the course is about, etc. So I decided to pull the audio from, from not all, but a few of those videos and give you a taste sampler of what you can expect in the Academy. To refresh your memory, if you go to arlensacademy.com, you can purchase uh, individual courses, and they're all very accessible. And if you want, you can purchase bundles, because there are new bundles uh, for the first time as well, as of January 2021. And so you can purchase bundles for even better discount, even more value, or you can get tuition, either monthly or lifetime, at the best value there is possible. It's uh, uh, really, really meant for more people to have access to this information. But at the same time, I'm paying all of the experts. So, of course, everything is not going to be free, um, but it is, uh, it's just really exciting. So far, we have about 6,500 um students on the on the academy uh, when you count all of the courses and the tuition. And so a lot of those came from, and a lot of you would have come from, uh, my course, How to Raise Capital from Scratch, which is still on the site, still available, 15 plus hours, a masterclass. And it is available by itself for 600 or as part of the tuition, which is much, much, much better value. So um, I think all of these at their face value are still a discount, but here's what we're going to do. If you go to arlensacademy.com, A-R-L-A-N-S academy.com, and you use a coupon code for any of the courses, any of the bundles, and yes, even tuition, and type in the code Y-F-M. That stands for your first million. So it's Y-F-M-V-I-P. V like Victor, V-I-P. And so it's Y-F-M-V-I-P. That code will get you 50% off every single course the tuition, if you'd like to do that, that would be my hack. I, if it were me, I'd go and do 50% off the tuition. So I just have access, lifetime access to everything that I post on the Academy uh, for the lifetime of, this, of the site. That would be my hack. But of course, you can. there may be an individual course or a bundle that you like, you want to test it out. So without further ado, you can do that now. Uh, but uh, you also have just a few of my friends and experts on Ireland's Academy. Thanks so much to these experts, and thanks so much for uh, spending your time with me on this podcast episode. See you soon, and see you in class. Hi. 
Hi, everyone. Welcome to Professional Branding and Thought Leadership. My name is Jai Vargas, also known as the LinkedIn Ninja. I'm so excited to be part of Arlen's Academy here, and I'm really looking forward to engaging with you, helping you figure out how you can be your most honest and authentic self on a platform like LinkedIn. I'm going to be teaching you a little bit about how to manage this platform and really be known as the subject matter expert in something, or when people say your name, what exactly are they thinking? So I'm going to share with you my screen so that we can then go through our agenda. First and foremost, I want to tell you a little bit about myself. I am a corporate diversity program designer. And so what exactly does that mean? It means I help organizations create programs, assess their community, and figure out ways in which they can help their employees be retained. And so I do quite a bit of work with organizations during the months of Women's History Month, especially Hispanic Heritage Month, because I am Latina, I immigrated to this country from Dominican Republic, as well as all other types of programs, specifically around professional development and for what is called an employee resource group. I develop programs for them. So whether it's an LGBT community, a black community or Asian Pacific community, I make sure that we understand who the employees are first, what their challenges are when it comes to internally mobilizing within that organization. And then every single program is designed with a diversity aspect, but super, super, super important to connect it with professional development. I'm also a champion for women's pay equity. I am Latina. I speak a lot about Latina Equal Pay Day, which actually just happened back in October. Latina Equal Pay Day is when a Latina professional has to work all of 2019 and up until October 29th of 2020 to make what a white non-Hispanic man made just in 2019. I speak about the different challenges and issues among Latina professionals, and it's a passion of mine to help women in this situation get out of that situation. I studied multicultural marketing and strategy. I spent about 15 years in corporate America doing that kind of work. And now I'm a consultant over the last three years helping organizations figure out what their unique strategy is when working with diverse employees. And the reason why you're all here is because I am a LinkedIn strategist, a thought leader. And I'm so excited to be able to help you how you can personalize your posts, your profile, your about section, how often to post. And you're probably wondering, how can I do it in a way where I'm not bragging or boasting? That's probably the number one challenge that people have when talking about themselves on LinkedIn. Last but not least, I started an organization called The Latinista for Latinas and women of color. I've been doing this work now for a little bit over eight years, and my mission is to continuously and consecutively host workshops on a monthly basis. It's been fantastic. I have chapters all across the US, and now that we're all virtual, I have members all across the country. We focus on things like how to be your most confident public self when speaking in front of a camera, whether it's an audience of two people or 500 people. 
understanding how to interview properly, what your resume says versus LinkedIn. Also, financial literacy and wellness is a huge, huge topic of discussion. I spent quite amount of uh, time in financial services, about nine years, and I met so many women that didn't know how to invest their money and how to pay off their debts, as well as how to make some really strategic goals for their personal well-being. So I'm so excited to be here with you all. Let's get started. Hi, my name is Camille Nisich, and I am your instructor for this Cash Flow is Queen Three Critical Strategies for Business Success course. I want to thank you for being here, and I want to let you know a little bit about how this is going to go and why I say that cash flow is queen. So, first of all, I want to help you understand the purpose of this course. I am going to show you in this course how to change your mindset around your business financials, how you think about them, how you use them strategically, and why cash flow is so very important. It's arguably the most important financial measure in your business. So I'm going to teach you how to think about it differently, how to manage it, and also how to use it to scale your business profitably. Now, you may be wondering, why in the world would you listen to me? Well, I am a profitability advisor. I like to work with fast growing companies, help them implement a cash flow strategy, help them make better decisions, but ultimately help them grow profitably so they can not only grow, but they can grow their impact. And I spent a couple of decades as an operator at Dell Technologies. I worked across finance. I worked across operations, global communications, and B2B digital marketing. So I had a variety of different disciplines that I worked in, and I managed a lot of projects that I had to keep cash flow positive. So here are just a handful of the things that I have done to manage cash flow and to keep it positive. I have walked away from many deals and negotiations. I have walked away from products. I've actually had to scrap products that were in production that were being sold and had to scrap them because they were not cash flow positive. I've had to think about what decisions to make in terms of investing millions of dollars in overnight transactions in the market. I have had to reduce headcount. That's not one that's fun, but that is something that comes up when you're managing your business. I've also negotiated millions of dollars in partner marketing initiatives with companies like Microsoft, VMware, Intel. And so I've, I know what it's like to have to manage cash flow and know that part of that movement of money needs to bring in partnerships in order for you to grow profitably. I also have spearheaded a multi-year project that brought in $1 billion in sales pipeline. So I have done a lot in the name of managing cash flow and keeping it cash flow positive. And so I really like to talk about how Cash flow is so very important that you need to think about it like a three-legged stool, but we will get more into that in a moment, but I want to let you have an opportunity to let me know in the chat, why are you here? What's your reason for being here? Are you a founder? Are you an investor? Are you a team member? Maybe you're an early team member. Maybe you're in the thousands of number of employees and you're just trying to get a better handle on how to manage finances in the business that you're a part of. I also would love to know, are you raising capital? Are you thinking about raising capital? 
Maybe you're about to take on some debt and you want to think about how to clean up your financials before you do that. Or maybe you're just bootstrapping and you're really trying to get a handle on what's the best way to use money in your business. All of that is going to be what we are going to cover in this course. It is going to give you a really nice overview, but I want to give you some perspective now. So as I mentioned, I spent a couple of decades at Dell Technologies and Michael Dell, of course, was my boss. And if you don't know the history of Dell Technologies, early on in their growth, they hit a few stumbling blocks where they were managing, they were growing, but they hit some financial stumbling blocks. And so once they recovered from that, this is a quote that Michael Dell shared in his book that was written um, a couple, you know, well, quite some time ago, but it's still very relevant today. And he says, like many companies, we were always focused on our profit and loss statement, but cash flow was not a regularly discussed topic. It was as if we were driving along, watching only the speedometer, when in fact we were running out of gas. That just really encapsulates the importance of cash flow and how so many businesses don't always focus on it, but how truly important it is. The reason I say that cash flow is queen is because so many people have heard the adage that cash is king. Well, it may be, and it's important to have balances in your account, but cash in and of itself is a static measure. It tells you how much is in your account, but your options for growth are really limited if it's not put in motion. Think about an interest-bearing account. If you're just holding a balance, you're not gonna gain a lot of return on that money, but when you put cash in motion and it starts flowing, that's a more dynamic measure. Then there are a multitude of options for growth at your disposal, and you can make choices, you can make trade-offs, you can think about opportunity costs, and you can really make the best decision for how to take the money that you have today and turn it into more money. Think about just investment returns. That is the basis of the venture capital industry. They want to take money that they have deploy it into other companies and use that balance to grow greater returns. And so that is why I say that cash flow is queen. And if you really want to think about this concept, think about how the queen piece on a chessboard, how powerful she is. The reason why she's so powerful is that she can move in any direction. She can move forward. She can move back. She can move side to side. She can move diagonally. The power is in how the motion takes place and making the right moves for you and your business. And so I want to talk a little bit about some data and, and, and really illustrate this point. So at the time of this recording of this course, about a year ago, CB Insights did an analysis and they looked at the top 20 reasons that startups fail. And of the top 20, arguably nine of them were related to cash flow. So when you look at this chart here, I just condensed it to the top five. Obviously, no market need was a big one. However, if you think about the rest of them, all of them have cash flow implications. Things like they ran out of cash, almost 30% of them, it was just that. The wrong team, you know, you're investing in headcount resources, maybe even part-time resources, but for whatever reason, those were not the right people. So you were spending money on payroll and not getting the return that you needed. Outcompeted, you were probably putting money into marketing and sales, but for whatever reason, you were just not able to compete. And finally, you had some sort of you know, pricing or cost issues, maybe in the transformation of materials to your actual product, or maybe just price positioning in the marketplace. So arguably, most of those, even on this slide, relate to cash flow in some way. And so the way to really manage your business for success is to think about three critical strategies for managing cash flow. 
And that is all around managing the sources, uses, and levers. And the management of those three really has to always keep in mind the right balance between liquidity, how quickly can you turn your assets into cash, profitability, when you get to the bottom of your financial statement and your income statement, are you in fact profitable? And then growth. Hey, thanks so much for enrolling in this course. I can't wait to share with you everything I've learned about podcasting. Podcasting is like my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing that I spend time on right now. It's opened so many doors for me. It's done so much for me. Uh, I can easily say that it's changed my life in a lot of ways. And I've learned a lot about how to do it. So I'm excited to share everything I've learned here with you in this course. Now, I'm going to assume that you're like me. You're not an audio engineer. You're not a graphic designer. If you are, you have a leg up. But I'm going to assume that you are a small team or you have a small budget and you're an independent podcaster or, you know, maybe it's a small effort inside your company and you're looking to make a high quality professional sounding show with that small team and small budget. That's the lens I'm taking in this course. I try to be as concise and efficient as possible in these lessons, but I definitely err on the side of sharing more with you than less because the more information you have, the better off you'll be. So if at any point you have questions about what's going on here, you can, of course, email me, j at jklaus.com. I would love to help you out, and I want to improve the course. So if you think that something was unclear or you had more questions, let me know. I'm going to improve this all the time, and your feedback really helps. In this course, I'm going to be doing some direct-to-camera, talking like this to share ideas. I'm going to do some screen capture. I'm going to show you some actual workflows within the tools that I use. I even bring in a couple of guests from uh, Jeff Umbro at the Podglomerate, the network that I'm on, to my audio engineers, Brian and Nathan. And, you know, sometimes they can answer things better than I can. Uh, we have a couple interviews with them. So with any of these lessons, if you want to get through it more quickly, you can, of course, turn the speed on these videos to one and a half or two X speed. But they are all laid out in a particular order for a reason. I'd recommend going through them in order and working through all of them. Um, you may see some that you think aren't necessary and that's okay. You can skip over them in videos where I feel like you need some of the prior videos to understand them. I'll call that out. Um, in chapter five, the production cha uh, chapter in, in particular, I call out, Hey, make sure you watch the first video of this before you look at some of these tools. If you're new to podcasting, you may think that it's really easy because we all talk, we all have conversations. How hard can it be to just start recording them? There's a lot of behind the scenes work that goes on and the actual recording and conversations are the smallest part of the whole process of producing a podcast. You know, the hour that you're on the mics is the smallest time commitment when it comes to producing a full episode. So in this course, I'm going to show you everything I know about producing the show from beginning to end and how you can produce a lot of shows at once so that you can uh, get ahead of schedule, have some peace of mind and not feel like you're constantly behind the eight ball on some of these things. So like I said, if you have any feedback as we go through here, if anything's unclear or you have questions un unanswered, email me j at jklaus.com. So let's talk about why I think podcasting is so awesome and that this is a worthwhile activity for you to pursue. With my show, Creative Elements, at this point, we've been featured on Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Castro, uh, CastBox, Apple Podcasts. Most podcast players have featured Creative Elements at this point. And I've gotten to talk with people like Seth Godin, James Clear, Vanessa Van Edwards, Matt Diavella, Tiffany Alice, Pat Flynn, people who have been 
influential in my life. I followed their work for years. Now I have the opportunity to actually talk with them and build a relationship with them because of the podcast. Now, the success I've had with Creative Elements is actually a lot due in part to the success or at least the experience of creating Upside. Upside is a show I've been doing for more than two years with my partner, Eric. We have over 160 episodes, 135,000 downloads to date. And if you listen to the first couple episodes, they're not very good. You know, this was a show where I cut my teeth and we learned what it was like to create a podcast. I was able to take those learnings and apply it to creative elements and create an even more compelling show, or at least a show that has more broad appeal. Now, I also owe a lot of my success to the Podglomerate, the network that Creative Elements is partnered with. Uh, my partner, Jeff Umbro, the CEO there, he's worked with dozens and dozens of shows. And in the beginning of creating the show, he really helped me shape the concept and think about what type of show has an opportunity to find an audience and find advertisers. So I'm going to share with you in this course everything he shared with me. We also have some videos with Jeff in this course talking about uh, sponsorship and how podcast networks work. So stick around for those, but we get the benefit of Jeff here in this course. Make no mistake about it, podcasting is a lot of work. You may listen to a show and think, well, I have conversations. How hard can it be to just record them and share them? And you think that podcasting might be kind of easy. And it can be. You can have a low production show and put out recorded interviews, and it could be fairly easy. But if you want a show that stands out and really builds an audience, a high-quality, professional-sounding show, you're going to have to do a lot of production work because, frankly, the actual recording and interviewing for a show is the smallest amount of time when it comes to the overall investment of time into an episode. Most of the time is in post-production, uh, creating everything around the show, marketing the show, things like that. So before we get in the nitty-gritty of production work in this course, I want to talk to you about why you should start a podcast because inevitably it will become a little bit harder than you thought. It will be challenging. You'll think, why am I doing this? And so here are the reasons why I think it's absolutely 100% worth starting a podcast. For starters, it's the best networking hack that I've ever found. I mean, the fact that I can talk to Seth Godin for an hour because I have a podcast, I wouldn't be able to get an hour of his time just because I wanted it. You know, he charges $50,000 for a speaking gig, but because I have a podcast, I can talk to this person. Because this is actually a really easy ask for people. Instead of just asking for their time, you're offering to create a piece of content that you're going to share on their behalf. And hopefully, if you're doing a good job of building an audience yourself, it's sharing their ideas with a new audience potentially. So a lot of people are still really, really open to being interviewed on podcasts. It's easy. They show up, they talk for an hour. They don't have to do hair and makeup. They don't have to shower. They can get their ideas out there just by showing up and talking into a microphone. Podcasting also forces you to be a better speaker. If you think about Toastmasters, the organization for helping you become a public speaker, you get the same benefits of podcasting, but I think even more intensely. Uh, basically, you can interview anybody on your podcast. You're not going to get Seth Godin to show up to your local Toastmasters meetup, but you can talk to him because you have a podcast. And you can edit your podcast. Before anybody hears your public speaking, you know, you can edit it to make yourself sound as good as possible. And because it's recorded, you get this really quick feedback loop of how do I sound on the mic? What am I saying? How am I saying things? What do I not like about the way I'm speaking? Because a lot of people find it hard to listen to themselves and a podcast is a recording of yourself. And so to make it less painful to listen to yourself, you're going to figure out how can I make myself a better speaker? And you can get a lot of reps with podcasting. You could book a whole day of interviews, record them, listen to them, get better at public speaking super, super quickly. Podcasting helps you create a habit of publishing. 
a lot of people want to create content. They see the benefit of creating content and a lot of people will go to blogging or writing. But for a lot of people, writing isn't a strength. It's not what they want to do. Audio is uh, a lot more accessible for a lot of people and it creates the same habit of publishing that writing does. So if audio is a medium you're excited about because you don't like to write, it's a really good way to get into that habit of publishing. And creating any type of content is kind of like making your own lottery tickets. You know, you make this content, you put it out in the world, and of course you want a huge audience with lots of listeners, readers, subscribers, but the reality is you need one person who has a large audience of their own to hear your show, be impacted by it, share it, and just like that, your whole life can change if you do that. But that's only going to happen if you create a high-quality show that that person wants to share. But if you're doing that and you're constantly putting out this content, someday some of those episodes might hit and it could change your life. Now think about what if it goes really, really well. Joe Rogan is the biggest podcaster on the planet. The guy from Fear Factor is the biggest podcaster on the planet. And he makes a lot of money doing it. Andrew Wilkinson of Tiny published this blog post a few years ago. I think this is two or three years old now. Comparing Joe Rogan, the podcaster, to Howard Stern, the radio host. And at this time, Joe Rogan's audience was 11 times the size of Howard Stern's. And Joe was self-reporting about 200 million downloads per month. Now, if he was selling advertising at a CPM of $18, which is low, and we'll talk about CPMs later in the course with Jeff, $18 is a low CPM. If we're assuming that conservative number, he was making somewhere between 64 and $240 million per year in advertising alone before the Spotify deal, before merchandising, before speaking. It's crazy. The scale is crazy. And you compare that to Howard Stern, Howard for the same activities would probably be making around 90 million. So there's a lot of money that can be made in podcasting. Listenership is growing in 2019. An estimated 70% of the U.S. population above the age of 12 has heard of podcasting. 51% of people in the U.S. have listened to a podcast. 20 million more people listened to a podcast in 2019 than they did in 2018. And those listeners listen to an average of seven podcasts per week. So there's a lot of listening time. There's a lot of people listening to podcasts. There's a lot of potential. But it's not a get-rich-quick scheme because there are over 1 million active podcasts right now out there. If you're going to stand out, if you're going to find an audience, if you're going to get listeners who tune into your show as one of their seven shows week after week, you're going to have to stand out. And this course is about helping you think about the conception of your show, how you're creating it, uh, why you're creating it, and putting a process in place so you can create it consistently to reach an audience and give yourself the best shot. So thanks for being here, and I can't wait to share everything with you. My name is Janet Ogana, and I'm the founder of Janet's List. Now, Janet's List helps people to discover and buy from amazing brands by black women and women of color from the UK. We do this in three main ways, through our innovative pop-up concept stores in mainstream city locations. We also have strategic retail partnerships, and we sell directly through our website. We also have an award-nominated podcast called Making Money Moves. 
We've had three incredible concept stores ranging from 10 days to three weeks. We've had a couple in Shoreditch and Islington in London, if you know London well, and we had one in Amsterdam as well. We've had thousands of people coming through our doors and we've featured over 35 brands. As a brand, Janet's List has managed to secure a lot of PR and we've done this in a number of ways which I will cover in the course. If you have any questions at all, please come to me and I'll be happy to help. Hello, welcome to the Business Foundations mini course. My name is Shantavia Johnson and I've adapted this course specifically for Arlen's Academy. And first, let me say congratulations to you for taking this step in joining Arlen's Academy so that you can educate yourself and learn all the different things you need to know on your way to success. I am thrilled that we get the opportunity to connect here in this platform. And before we jump into your Business Foundations nuts and bolts that you need to know, I would love to introduce myself to you. So I am an intellectual property lawyer and business lawyer by training. I cut my teeth working with entrepreneurs, startup companies, and some Fortune 100 companies, giving them strategic advice about starting and growing their businesses and brands. And that work really led me to creating the platform that I've created now, which is called The Maid Tribe, which teaches working professionals how to see themselves as entrepreneurs so they can make more income and impact with their intellectual property. There's so many dots you need to connect on your path to entrepreneurship. And this particular mini course around business foundations will give you the practical steps you need to take to make sure you've done all of the basics right. And so what I'll say here and what I say as you go through this adapted mini course is this is information, but I don't know all of the ins and outs and nuances of your specific company or business idea. So what you may need to do is talk to a lawyer and talk to an accountant about your specific situation. But what this information will do is give you enough baseline knowledge so that you could make a good choice for yourself. And if you do talk to a lawyer or if you do talk to an accountant, you will have done enough homework so that you can understand what they're recommending to you. So this Business Foundations mini course is designed to give you, again, just the fundamental basic steps you can start with to make sure your company, your business, your startup has a strong foundation. And it should be applicable no matter what type of business you're starting. And there are really four things I want to make sure you understand as you're starting your business. And those four things are the things that we'll walk through in this Business Foundations mini course. The first revolves around one of the first steps you're going to take in your business and one of the first decisions you're going to make, and that's choosing a business name. And the first component of this particular mini course revolves around choosing a business name that won't get you sued. And there are a couple of different steps you can take, many of them for no cost, that will help you choose a business name that won't get you sued.
The second thing we'll do in this mini course is talk about all of the different types of business organizational structures you can pick from. And the goal here is to help you make the right choice before you register your business. And again, this is fundamental basic information. You may need to talk to a lawyer about your specific situation. But the most popular business structures include sole proprietorships, corporations, LLCs, limited liability companies, and nonprofits. And with those four popular types, I'm going to explain to you what they are and when they're right for specific types of businesses so that you can make a choice for yourself. Then third, what we'll talk about are tax EIN numbers and ensuring that you get a tax EIN number and why that's important. And then finally, having a business bank account. These four steps, if you take these four steps, you will create such a solid foundation for your business that you will be well on your way to creating that successful company, that successful startup that will move you in the direction of your goals and of your dreams. I am thrilled that you're here and I'm ready to dive right in. And as I mentioned before, this is an adapted form of a course that I've created within the Made Tribe, which is a community I've created for working professionals who want to become entrepreneurs. It's a shortened version of one of the modules within the Made Tribe's Brand and Business Academy course. And so as you're walking through this, do realize that there are some steps that you can take right now. And if you want more help, I am happy to assist you on your journey. Thank you so much for joining and welcome to B2B Marketing Decoded Mini Edition. Is this you? Are you a coach, a consultant, a freelancer, small business owner, or even a corporate marketing professional? If you fall into one of these categories, you're definitely in the right place. And I'm sure some of the things that you may have been wondering are the following when it comes specifically to B2B marketing. I'm posting daily, so why aren't my leads converting? I have the experience, so why aren't people buying? I implement the latest marketing advice, so why is this not working? Or even this one, I talk about the benefits of my product, so why is no one taking advantage of it? So why is this important to you? You created the discipline of posting online, but you may be posting the wrong things. You're not properly engaging with others or you're missing out on additional leads because you simply don't have a strategy. Another reason this class is important to you is because you probably have the expertise, but you're not properly translating the value of that or what it will bring to your ideal clients in the best way that resonates with them. Another reason this may be important to you you're implementing all the latest marketing tactics. That tells me you're a researcher, right? But you're missing a very cohesive strategy that's customized to your unique audience and their online behaviors. And finally, the reason why this is important to you is because you may be talking about the benefits of your products, but are you translating the outcome of how your product will take someone from point A to point B? The overall problem is you're not speaking to your ideal clients on the platforms they frequent using their language at the right times or focusing on how your product directly creates results for them.
So who am I to be giving you all of this advice, right? So my name is Yunchi Wilson, and I have been in marketing for well over 15 years now. I am a member of the Forbes Coaches Council. I have helped various companies generate millions of dollars via my marketing efforts. I've been featured in Forbes, Wall Street Journal, and even Travel Noir. And something a little personal about me is that I am an avid traveler. I have built my entire business around my lifestyle. My family and I, as you can see here, we love to travel. Why am I sharing this personal stuff with you? Because at the end of the day, this course is gonna upend everything that you know about B2B marketing. The idea and notion that B2B, market, B2B buyers are somehow inherently different from B2C buyers. Basically, I'm going to humanize what it means to deal with B2B buyers. And that starts with me, your online course teacher. So in an effort of humanizing things, you should know a few things about me, things that I've been through, because my journey has not been perfect. Um, I was laid off while I was pregnant from a Fortune 500 company. I suffered a mock stroke when I was pregnant with my second daughter due to stress. That was not fun. In pursuit of being a business owner in my first few years, we lost everything and went through bankruptcy. For years, I suffered with an undiagnosed hormonal issue, and I battled constantly with imposter syndrome, despite all of the accomplishments I had up until that time. And I was just generally sick of feeling like I was living to work instead of working to live. Now I share with you these low lights because oftentimes some of the individuals that you're going to deal with, some of your B2B buyers are going to be everyday people just like me, dealing with everyday emotional things that are happening in their personal life. And yet they have to come into the business place, still with those emotional, personal things happening to them and pretend like it's not. And the problem is B2B companies still are operating under the notion that people can just basically Pandora box all of their personal things that are going into their life and operate solely off of logic. Now, we were all Vulcans, that would work. My Star Trek fans, <laughs> you would love that. But the fact is, we're not. So by understanding even someone like me who has accomplished you know, so much up until this point, I have suffered with things silently for years and that induced a great deal of stress for me. So just imagine with executives, with core decision makers, things that they could be going through. I wanna put you in that mindset early before we even begin to, to talk about this class further. On the other side of the coin, there's always highlights, right? I've gotten the chance to work with some amazing brands, Upwork, HP, Indeed, Microsoft, and Hitachi, just to name a few. Some of the results I've been able to deliver include uh, generating over $2 million in one year for a company. In a campaign that I did with another company in just 90 days, we had a 47% growth in lead generation. And then finally, with some of my strategic marketing efforts, we were able to generate um, up to $15 million in proposed revenue from our marketing uh, campaigns and some of the key highlights of things that I've been able to do in my career. So now let's talk about what you're going to learn. In module one, which there are actually a total of three modules in this mini course, um, in module one, you're going to identify your ideal client. You're going to learn about where to find them, 
factors that impact their decision-making, and what problems are actually keeping them up at night. In module two, you're gonna learn how to create your buyer's journey. You're gonna learn what the buyer's journey is and why it's important, what content to activate when in the buyer's journey, and then finally create a blueprint of your own buyer's journey. And then in module three, you're gonna learn how to create your own marketing framework. You'll comprehend the difference between tactics versus strategy. You'll learn the four types of marketing channels. And finally, you're going to learn how to create your own marketing framework and strategy. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Business of Change. My name is Melinda Jackson and I will be your course instructor. I am so excited to have you here with me today. I know that if you're taking this course, you are more than likely someone who is very interested in making a difference in the world. You're someone who is trying to figure out what tools are at your disposal in order to do that. And if you are that person, you have definitely made it to the right place. So this course is all about how you can use your business more specifically as a vehicle to create social change. So we're going to be going over um, all of the kind of important ways that business and social change can intersect. And I'm going to tell you a lot about the value that you can create in in our society, in our world, as well as the value that um, social change can bring to your business specifically. So we're going to look at all of those things. In this introduction, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about how the course is laid out so that you understand what you're going to be learning and when you're going to be learning it. Um, I'll also give you some more information about me and the work that I do. And um, we'll talk also about just kind of where this course came from and how it originated and what I hope you will truly be able to get out of it. So just to give you an idea of how the course is put together, um, it consists of two modules. So we'll be working together through two modules. Module one is all about getting you a strong foundation and a strong introduction to the social impact space. So we're going to be talking about the social impact ecosystem, how change happens, how things work. And then we're going to dive into how social impact can intersect with business. So we're going to be talking all about the role that business plays in the social impact ecosystem. I'm going to be giving you guys um, some really important information and statistics around um, how businesses can optimize their, um, their practices to create that, that social impact in the world. And um, finally, I'm going to actually give you some tangible takeaways, um, some, some frameworks and some ways to action plan so that you can actually implement and, and create opportunities within your business to, um, to push that, that measurable social change forward, to create social good, to do good in the communities that you work in, et cetera. So that is the kind of the layout of the course. Now, just to, to reiterate, again, my name is Melinda Jackson. I am a social impact strategist. So the work that I do is all about helping you figure out the how of social impact. So I work with a lot of change makers, various points on their journeys, but my, um, my, my main contribution, I like to think, is helping them to be able to design, launch, and plan for scale when it comes to specific social change um, ideas and innovative ways of making a difference in the world. So that is what I do. Um, I have online courses that I teach that um, 
that are geared toward that specifically. And at the very end, I'll tell you a little bit more about how it is we can work together in one of my online courses if you like what you hear today and are interested in kind of furthering your learning um, on social impact specifically. So I'd be happy to work with you. So we'll talk about that a little later, but I also thought it was important to kind of talk about where this course originated and like why I decided to create it. So it's actually kind of been a long time coming. I'm just premiering the course now on Arlen's Academy, but it's something that I've been working on um, since this past summer. Um, right after the murder of George Floyd, I was seeing that there were a lot of people who were kind of rising to the occasion and wanting to figure out like, how do I get involved? How do I help? Um, that were feeling this call and this push to do more, but just really were not clear on what to do and how to do it. So one of the things that I wanted to do was to help people understand the, or better understand the tools that they already have at their disposal and how to leverage those tools to actually make a difference, to make that change that they want to see. And I thought um, that business owners specifically have a unique opportunity to create sustainable social change, but I don't think that a lot of us think of think of it that way or think of all the ways and, and tools and resources that we have that can push us um, toward creating more social good. So I wanted to create something that would help us to, to be able to begin to examine the very real ways and opportunities that we have at our disposal. And I think in doing that, we can create a, a social change ecosystem that is more resilient. So what do I mean by that? Well, I think the best way I can describe it is almost like the difference between strength training, like if you're going to the gym and you're working out um, and you are specifically working on making your muscles stronger versus like training for endurance, which is more of like a, um, maybe if we want to think about it as Pilates, right? These very small movements that you do consistently or you do for a long period of time that actually create more muscular endurance. So that's the way I like to think of social change or the way that I think that we often relate to social change. So I think that when things happen, right, when there's an initial like stimulus of some sort, um, we are really good at mounting these really strong responses. So I like to call it sometimes like heroism, like we're really good at being the hero. Um, we galvanize, we come together, we create these, these really strong responses. It's like that person that's, you know, snatching a hundred pounds over their head and, you know, putting all of their energy and effort into that. Um, and I think that's something that we can be really good at. However, I think where we tend to falter is our ability to sustain action, right? So our strength, or the strength of our response is really good. But I think where we could use some work is those little everyday movements, right? Those little everyday actions that, that drive progress forward after our, our strong response. So after the stimulus has kind of died down or after the media stops covering certain things and we kind of go back to the status quo, um, what needs to happen is, is being able to maintain progress 
through those small everyday actions. And that's how we really create um, a more resilient change-making ecosystem. That's how we become more resilient as change-makers. So this course is also, or was also created with the idea of how can we create um, more resilience in our change-making ecosystem? How can we drive progress forward more consistently? And one of the ways to do that is just to build it into our everyday lives in all the ways that we can. And if you're a business owner, you are in a prime position to be able to do that. So I will explain more about that as the course goes on, but I'd love for you to even think about this course as your social impact Pilates. So we're good at the strength, you know, the, the strong responses. We're good at snatching the hundred pounds over our head. Now we're going to work on those little baby movements um, that we're going to continue to do on a consistent basis and actually integrate into our everyday, into the everyday inner workings of our business to actually maintain and create sustainable social change. So that is the ethos of this course. And that is why, um, why I created it. So again, when we think about what are the tangible things you're going to walk away with, um, you are going to walk away with the knowledge and the strategies to be able to plan for optimizing your own business. So whether it's a business that you have already started or one that you're thinking of starting, you'll walk away with the tools to be able to optimize your practices in that business to create tangible, measurable social change. So you will be able to actually see and talk about what you're doing, the changes that you're making, and um, be able to create some value for your business in doing that. So you're going to walk away with a lot of tools, a lot of resources, a lot of new knowledge, and hopefully a brand new way of approaching your business that is going to not only provide value for the communities that you work in or your customer base, but that's going to provide value um, for, for our world. So I'm super excited to jump into this. If you are ready to get into it, I am excited to continue to host you, go ahead and click on the next lecture and we will start with module one, which is our social impact 101. I will see you there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Your First Million. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, if you go to arlensacademy.com, A-R-L-A-N-S academy.com, type in Y-F-M-V-I-P at the checkout of any of the individual courses, any of the bundles, or the tuition, you'll get 50% off for being a Your First Million listener. Uh, it's one of the best deals I've ever done. And it's for a limited time. So go check it out.